Welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast with your hosts Meredith Bond and Prue Warren, where they discuss every aspect of a writer's life, from the craft of writing and editing, through publishing and marketing, and finally into building a global publishing empire. Here is Mary and Prue. Hello, and welcome to the Writer's Block Party podcast. I am Meredith Bond. I am the more experienced author of our duo, and I am here as always with my lovely co-host, Prue Warren, the less <laughs> experienced one. And Mary and I are both laughing because she began the broadcast with her bangles on, and it makes a jingle, and I'm like signaling her through the video screen, bangles, bangles, look out. <laughs> uh, thank you for reminding me. I'll, I will take one off so they don't clank together. <laughs> we have a special guest today. Yes, we do. I'm very excited. Christy Barth is with us today. Christy, I'm going to allow you to introduce yourself however you would like to be introduced because you are a multi published, very famous, wonderful, fantastic author who writes such beautiful books. I, I would not have said very famous, but uh, yes, USA Today bestselling author of contemporary romances and starting this July, also paranormal rom-coms. I love to write. I just finished writing my 40th book. I'm starting my 41st book tomorrow, mostly ready for that. Yay! And so I, I don't want anyone to think that writing 40 books means I've got it down. <laughs> Everyone is different. The process you find tricks around the trade to make it easier, but it never gets easy. And that's why conversations like this are so helpful because you never stop looking for ways to make the process less incredibly difficult. Are that's you a pantser or a plotter? Well, I don't want to start a rumble, which would derail. There's this no rumble. We accept podcast. every answer. <laughs> I, I am an incredibly hardcore plotter. I understand that doesn't work for everyone. But I was listening to a podcast yesterday morning. Uh, it was the Creative Pen, an old one, so don't go thinking it was yesterday's. And she was talking to Lisa Crone, who wrote Story Genius, which I use to plot every one of my books. And Lisa is more outspoken than me. She's a little more famous. And she said, pantsing is the absolute worst way to write a book ever. And it should never be done because it's all about the layered backstory because that's what allows you to emotionally connect between the characters and the reader. And she just, she went for it. Oh, wow. And I did a little dance in my car when she said that, and I felt very vindicated. <laughs> well, both Prue and I are also plotters. But um, since I'm a book coach, I am learning to work with pantsers and learning how that process works. Because but I, I also, but as, as I've been learning, I'm like there is no one way, just like there's no one brain. It, it's wrong to assume that the, this way works for everyone. It's true. Correct. But I do, my, my caveat to that is if you're a pantser and it works for you, fantastic. Right. If you're a pantser and you're stuck and it's not working for you, then I highly recommend trying to sit down and think through some things. It does. Yes. The, the, the pantsers that we've talked to, uh, seem seem to believe that were they to plot everything else up beforehand it would no longer be any fun so i'm like go you 
Why can't it be fun when you're writing the outline and discovering it then? Well, that's how I feel. That's how I feel too. And I feel like there's room for, uh, there's room for improvisation as you're writing a plotted book, but everybody, everybody's different. Yes. If it works, it works. That's right. If it doesn't, then I will come for you and have a discussion. That's right. That's right. A little while ago, you did a mini session for the Washington Romance Writers on the value, the physiological value of, of breaking up writer's block using exercise. And I was so fascinated when you, when you gave that talk and I was unable to interrupt you every five minutes with yet another question. So the idea that you would come back and talk to us about it now has me just salivating because you had, it was such an interesting discussion. I'm really eager to hear it. And well, and we have to start with the caveat at the top of go it. Ahead. Go ahead. I hate exercise. <laughs> uh, I don't enjoy it. Um, if I panned the camera down, I am overweight. So it's it's not that I'm going to tell you to go out and I've been watching the Olympics every night. It's not that I'm going to tell you to go out and drop 50 pounds and spend two hours a day exercising. So if we scared you as soon as she said the word exercise, Stay seated. Keep listening. It's going to be okay. Definitely stay seated. It's my favorite pose. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about exercise and writing, Christy. First of all, it's about the writing process. The writing process is incredibly detrimental to your health. You can get carpal tunnel. How many writers do you know that have carpal tunnel, tendinitis, wear the gloves, the compression, the braces? I'm guessing it's more than half. Eye strain. I mean, I've had glasses since I was seven, but you can still get eye strain headaches. You get neck and shoulder strain. One of the the two absolute worst things you can do, go to Panera and write, which I love, do with my friends, sit on the couch and write or in bed. Horrible. The way it, it hunches you over and hurts your neck and doing that every single day just leads to bigger problems. And then you get migraines. And then you can't write because you're miserable or you can't write because your wrist hurts. It leads to weight gain if you are literally sitting at a desk, not moving for 12 hours a day. I first gave this talk before COVID, but this is even more important now. Staying inside in the dark all day long leads to a lack of vitamin D, which really weakens your immune system. They've now said with COVID, that's a huge thing is vitamin D can help you fight it off. When your immune system weakens, exercise gets it back up. So basically being a writer is really, really hard on you. (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) It it is, but you know it. And so you start to help yourself. And when you're aware that it's detrimental to your health, you can help yourself. And all of that is separate from what made me actually think of this idea is exercise can also help with writer's block and getting ideas to flow. But the thing is, it's so easy to fix. You can stretch sitting down. There is, and I, I found my um, printouts from before, anywhere you look on the on the internet, you can find chair yoga. Chair is yoga. Yoga better? Yes, absolutely. Do you need to work up to that? Yes, absolutely. Like I said, we're not telling you to go out and become an Olympic gymnast. You <laughs> can start with chair yoga. Stretching is even more vital, aside from the cardio, than anything else you can do working out because it is what keeps you limber. So you can sit here in your chair and you can do 10 neck rolls to each side slowly. You can do that once an hour. And as you do that, 
it's hard to do neck rolls hunched over. As you do that, you're going to sit up and you're going to open your chest and you're going to pull your shoulders back. And everything that you've been doing wrong as you were writing is going to open up and go the other way. Neck rolls are so easy. Just feel good. That's a great idea. They're so easy. And then if all of this is still stiff, you just do a little stretch and pull. Okay. The opposite side. Christy's got her right hand over her left ear. Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought this was a video. I apologize. You tip your head to your shoulder and then you just pull with the opposite arm. You just pull a little bit to really get that stretch going in your neck. Yeah. And you don't have to stand up and put on, you know, Lycra spandex tops to do this. You can just do it from your chair. (laughs) It feels good. It does. It will feel great. (laughs) You can. And the biggest one that I highly recommend let me, I'm trying to figure out how to describe this. Sit in a chair that has a back, yeah. a back and arms, and keeping your hips forward. I wouldn't recommend doing this on like a high gamer's chair like some writers like to use because you'll hurt yourself. But pick any chair, dining room, table chair, regular chair. Grab with your, if I'm facing forward, with your left arm, grab the right armrest. And with your right arm, grab the back of the chair and just oh. turn to the side as much as you can. Yeah, that feels so It may not be very far, but that's okay. You're starting. All that matters Uh, is that you're starting to move the blood flow. And you know what makes your brain works better? Blood flow. Blood flow and chocolate. (laughs) And the whole point is you have to start from somewhere. Don't be intimidated. Well, I'm going to show you guys. Everyone else will hear. The book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Yeah, that's a great book. enough for creatives. It's the subtitle is Creative Living Beyond Fear. She has a whole chapter that I have heard other people opine on quite often, and it's really important. Done is better than good. Oh, that's, that's true, true for writing, but it's also true for exercise. You know, just starting, just doing. It's better if you do five minutes of stretching. Than if you say, oh, well, I'm not good enough to go start a full yoga class at the gym yet, so I'm just going to skip it. Mm -mm. Be done. Do your five minutes. Good idea. And these are simple, and they felt really good to do. (laughs) They are simple. (laughs) I mean, more than that, uh, I do recommend exercise. And like I said, I hate it. (laughs) Just hate it. So Um, what do you do? I, well, there's pre-pandemic me and pandemic me. Currently, (laughs) I I had restarted the gym and then when Omicron came, I stopped again. So I have been walking around my development. Now, because I hate it, when I'm at the gym on the elliptical machine, I take a book. I take a paper, mass market paperback because trade paperback is too big to hold and still hold on without falling because I would. So mass market paperback, which is harder to find these days. I don't know what I'm going to do when publishing stops making those. And I bribe myself into staying on the elliptical for half an hour by holding that book and reading something fantastic. The other thing that I do is part of the effort of plotting is yes, right now the book I'm going to start writing tomorrow, it's hundred percent plotted, but that means I have, you know, five sentences for each chapter. But when I sit down tomorrow, I'm going to need a better plan than that to get out the first 1500 words. So when I am at the gym, And I get on the treadmill with that really amazing book that I want to read. I don't let myself read it until I have decided what three things I'm going to hit in the scene I'm writing that day. Uh You can do it at the gym. 
You can do it in the car, which I find either exercise or the car always really opens my mind. And it's because your brain goes on autopilot. You kind of get into a flow meditative state, even if you're uncomfortable and miserable and sweating and panting, you're just thinking about not falling off the elliptical, or you're just thinking about driving down the road. And we've all had our minds kind of glaze over. And so that's a perfect time when your to-do list drops away and the argument you had with your sister drops away. And that's a really good time to be creative. And like I said, the blood flowing through you, it's going to pop things too. So if you're stuck, if you start exercising, and like I said, doesn't have to be the gym. I am literally walking in circles around my development right now. It's really cold. I don't like doing it in winter, but I do because it's good for me. And with that, I use podcasts to bribe myself when I'm walking there. Cannot walk around the development of the book, but I listen to podcasts and they keep me going because they're fascinating. But first, you can you can tell yourself for the first five minutes, yes, the first chapter is the hero and heroine have a meet, not cute, a meet fight. A meet <laughs> but fight. Saying they're going to be fighting. That's not really specific. I'm going to have to come up with what exactly happens. So you give yourself five minutes to dig even deeper and have that little bit of plotting, and that will help propel you into your writing session. Uh, The other exercise I do, when I was at the gym, I would do Zumba and cardio kickboxing. It really helps you empty your mind when you're concentrating on dance moves. That's pretty intense. It's it's really not because you're just following along with someone else. It's not like spin class. That's crazy hard. My husband does it, and I think he's nuts. But aerobic (laughs) workouts are necessary. Sorry, guys. They're necessary. They stimulate brain Um, development, the neurotropic factors, which encourage the growth of new brain cells in the hippocampus. And it allows you to imagine new situations, aka creativity, everything that we're looking for. So if you can't do anything else, you can go outside and walk someplace. If you can't get outside because it's snowing, I used to live in Minneapolis. You know, I'll walk here when it's 20. I'm not going to walk when it's minus 20. Three sets of 10 minutes of walking through the day, you know, circle your house if you have to on the inside. You can break it up. But the big thing is, if you don't take care of your body, your body will shut down. Yeah. And you can't write. Well, you can if you have to, but it's not, doesn't go well. (laughs) You can't write when you're sick. You can't write when you're injured. You can't write as well when you're sick. So that's why you have to take care of your body now and force yourself to do that. If you work with weights, more muscle tone, it shoots up the metabolism. And the metabolism, you know, it keeps you, it's literally the fire that keeps burning inside of you. So as much as it may not be your favorite thing, you got to do it. And if you don't have weights, have you ever lifted a 28 ounce can of crushed tomatoes, the big ones you make pasta with? Yeah. Just sit there and, and, and you know, literally lift them overhead. You don't have to pay for a gym membership. You can just get started. And one of the other things that's really integral is Yes, doing yoga, Pilates, whatever, stretching, that will get you going. But ideally, especially as spring is on its way, you got to get out there and get your cardio popping and your creativity will increase. I promise. I like this concept that the, the exercise itself is making physiological changes in the brain. It is. Creativity more likely. That's powerful. Yeah. Now, and then the, the caveat is you don't feel it. You know, you're just tired. You feel the exercise. Well, no, I'm saying you just, you just feel tired and sweaty and you don't necessarily, every time you exercise just out of nowhere, have the new idea for a seven book series pop into your head. But (laughs) if you go 
focus and again, make it into a smaller measurable goal. And every time you exercise, say, this is going to be my habit. I'm going to come up with what I'm doing tonight, or I'm going to solve this plot problem, or because they're super hard, I'm going to sit here and come up with the tagline for my Facebook ad because that's difficult for me. So here's my five minutes to do it. It'll, it'll go better. I love it. And exercising really does clear your mind because you're focusing on something completely different. So if you plant the idea of what you're going to be writing later and then exercise, which totally clears your mind, you're not thinking about it, that allows your subconscious to do work. its work. Yeah. 100%. Love that it, idea. Um, it's, it's game changing. That's excellent. And you don't, you- and you don't have to enjoy it. <laughs> you just have to do it. But it does sound, the exercises that you've described today have entirely manageable. These are, you know, a 10 minute walk right. around your house three times a day. That's not, you know, like with spandex and. That's uh, not intimidating. Right? Exactly. Not- because you have to allow yourself the grace to start from zero or one or whatever. You know, if you already are a master spinner, then clearly <laughs> that's not going to be enough for you. But, but I feel like a lot of people are just saying, oh, I can't take time away from my book. I can't step away from the keyboard. You have to. I mean, it's not negotiable. One of my one of the arguments I used to get into with my husband, he was completely overworked. His company knew it. They needed to hire a new person. And he kept saying, I don't have the time to train a new person. And I kept saying, you don't have the time to not train a new person because you're killing yourself. And writers tend to do that. It's actually been shown that working for more than a focused working, not, you know, working in the office where you break up things with Nerf guns, but writers especially tend to be super focused. If you try to work for more than eight hours, it's not going to be good. It may occasionally, we all get in the flow, but if you try to do that every day, there have been experiments with MRIs, reading brainwaves. I'm not going to get into the science for you because I am not good at that, but I have read the articles and distilled it into, if you work for more than eight hours, your productivity and your quality go down. It's better to stop and take your break and go do your walking and get in a solid eight hours the next day than try to push yourself through the 12. It's not going to be good. You're probably going to end up erasing those words the next day or working twice as hard to edit them. And if your quality is going to diminish, what's the point? Fair point. That's exactly right. You have to recharge and reboot. And that is what exercise allows you to do. You had some wonderful facts about the senses, about scent, about smell. Do you, uh, am I making that? No, you're not making it up. It's about um, essential oils. Yeah. They have been used for centuries. There are some people who dismiss some new age, what we call new age, Eastern medicine, woo woo, hippie. You can go any way with that. But there are some people who dismiss it. And the thing is, some of them are weird. Some of them strain credulity. But if there's something that's been used for literally centuries, it probably works or people wouldn't keep throwing time and money at it. And the thing is with essential oils, modern science has proven that they are potent and that they have remarkable medicinal properties. Oregano oil is 26 times more powerful than phenol, which is the chemical used in cleaners as an antiseptic. 26 times. 
It's a natural antibiotic. It helps against drug-resistant bugs. Tea tree and lavender oil are stronger and better than neosporin. Wow. All of that is has been proven medically, scientifically, 100% true. So they're really great. And they can be very powerful. And the other piece of it is also ritual. There are people who say, I can't write until I have my coffee to the left and my bobblehead to the right and my perfect music playing. Make essential oils part of your ritual as well to set you up. I have a day job as well. So I work all day, make dinner, exercise, and then I write at night. So even though it's not optimal, it's what I do. And you know, if you're writing until 1130 at night, and then you immediately have to try to go to bed, it's really hard to shut your brain off because it's still, it's still worrying no matter how sleepy you are. And if you can't shut your brain off after a chapter, Roman chamomile or lavender, it will shut everything down for you in a good how way. How do you explain what I need to physically do? I go to the store and I buy chamomile essential oil. Yes. There are many different kinds of diffusers. Some are as simple as a little clay dish over a candle flame. I don't recommend those because technology better. You don't necessarily need a lit candle flame. We use diffusers that you pour water into the holder and then you add five drops of the essential oil and you put the pretty top on it and it just blows and it scents the room. We do it every night in our bedroom. I have one in my office as well because there are great scents to wake you up and energize your brain. If you're feeling stressed over deadlines, geranium, grapefruit, bergamot, lavender. Lavender is a kingpin because it can quiet you and wake you up. And it's a massive antiseptic. Lavender is like the king of all essential oils. If you want to wake up, which you guys have probably smelled in a million different products, rosemary, peppermint, lemon, that stuff, even if you just wave the bottle under your nose three times, it's like taking a scrubby sponge to your brain and you just go, oh, well, I was asleep, but I'm awake now and I'm ready to get going. Wow. So there is, that is a little higher of an investment to buy the diffuser. There are super cheap ones. There are expensive ones. There are pretty ones with lights. You know, you can go as big as you want, but if you wanted to start by literally just getting an $8 bottle of oil, putting it on a cotton ball, and putting that, putting like five drops on a cotton ball, putting in a Ziploc baggie. And then anytime you want to sniff, opening up the baggie and sniffing, that'll get you started. I'm fascinated by that. Some of the scents that you have said, I just adore. I love bergamot. I love grapefruit. I mean, there are mm-hmm. scents on your list that already I like the idea. <laughs> already my brain is stimulated. <laughs> and it also about in, in a smaller way, I um, I have written five six Christmas novellas. Only one of them have I managed to write at Christmas time. So when I'm writing in March, I burn Christmas scents, pine and cinnamon and orange. And that helps me get in the Christmas frame of mind. Um, If I have books I'm writing at the beach or set in a forest, I'll burn those scents to help you again, just focus and get to the right place. My current book is set in Buffalo and I don't know what Buffalo smells like. So (laughs) I'm probably just going to go with something that's good for writing, but it can help you for for when you need to focus. I love that idea. I have written Christmas scenes in the middle of the summer and put Christmas carols on to listen to. Yep. I do that I, and and do this and do the oils as well. And not not at all a what do they call it? An influencer or anything like that. I would say start with Eden's Garden oils 
Edensgarden.com. They're reasonable. They're good because there are a lot of not good oils out there. Um, so they're pure, they're good, and um, they have sales. They do free shipping. So they're a great place to get started to dabble. And they do, what's really helpful with them is they do a ton of blends. They have roller balls that have the blend already formulated so that if you're out and about and you're anxious about something, which is probably revealing a lot about me, you just dab <laughs> the roller ball on your pulse points and it'll calm you down. Um, they have immunity fighting ones that uh, will help you. And the pre-mixed blends when you're a beginner are incredibly useful because then there's no guesswork. They tell you what they do. You know, there's one that says invigorating or sleep time. And so you just jump into that. What, what, what essential oil would you use for Buffalo? What's, what's going to be your, your basic go-to riding oil? A lot of the scenes are set in hell, literally, and Buffalo. So I don't want to, <clears throat> I don't want to malign our, anyone there. So I'm probably just going to do one of my favorite soothing nighttime scents that'll, because it's winter, it'll be something with pine and maybe mint. And then as spring creeps up on us, I'll switch to something with a little more of a flowery scent. I think that's fascinating, but you would use something soothing while you're riding. You wouldn't use something invigorating. No, because it's late at night. Oh, right. And eventually you're going to want to go to sleep. Okay. Yes, I have, um, this is veering off a little bit. There's an app called brain.fm. Yes, I use that all the time. I have recommended it. Lots of science. I can't explain it all, but they have done the science that there are sounds that stimulate your brain waves that make you more relaxed or more focused. And so I get on and use it and I put on the focused music for like the first two hours. And then I switch for the last half hour to the relaxation. I'm still totally Mm -hmm. awake, but I'm tricking my brain into slowing down as I finish writing so that again, it'll be easier for me to get to sleep. I'm glad you like it, Mary. It's, I find it amazingly useful. I tried it, not entire believing in it, but I can't really listen to um, regular music when I write any, I'm, I'm a musician, so anything with words distracts me and I'll start paying attention to the song. Yeah. So I usually only use ambient music. And I thought, oh, if nothing else, it'll be nice. But my God, it snaps you into focus. Yep. It I write does. faster and better and longer when I use it. Wow. Faster, I better. I agree. I'm it, making notes. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. You can, um, I don't know if it's like a seven or 10 day free trial, but I recommend using that. You always try the free trial. Um, I do that. I say that when I try to harangue people into doing meditation and doing the meditation apps, try it free for seven days, but don't try it once. And then be like, Oh, my seven days is over. Try it every day for seven days. Like actually give it a shot. Fascinating. Remarkable. I've been Um, using essential. I used to use essential oils when I would have a cold. Oh, definitely. Peppermint and, um, I can't think of the other ones off the top of my head, but I have eucalyptus, definitely eucalyptus, eucalyptus. rosemary, because they're both antiviral and antibacterial. And rosemary is good for your memory as well. Mm -hmm. And it wakes you up. But so if you inhale that when you're having respiratory issues, it will open your sinuses. It'll clear out all the crud. It'll help stop you from getting a sinus infection. If you just steam with that every day. Yeah. So, and I, I do have the, the little candle over with under a uh, little, it's a, it's a holder. Yeah. A little clay holder and the candle fits inside and 
Yeah. I just get annoyed at how fast the votive candles burn out. I feel like you uh, go through a million of them. I have a million of them. So, <laughs> so you're literally, you're, you're just diffusing them into the air and breathing them in that way. Yes. yes. When you have a cold, when you need to write, when you need to go to sleep, you release these essential oils into the air and that's, that's enough. You don't, you don't need to, I mean, the, the rollerball idea got delivery faster. I mean, that's going to your skin. I'm just, I'm just. But it's not honest. necessarily faster because you're inhaling the scent particles and that goes right into your lungs. It just seems like a lot of airspace, get it into your lungs. Why don't you just inhale it? <laughs> well, because then you'd have to sit there inhaling and then you yep. can't type. Yes. If you have it going in your room for an hour, especially, <clears throat> I mean, I'm in my dining room right now. That's a whole open floor plan. If I have one going here, I'm not going to smell it over there in the corner of my living room. You know, you do it in your office and shut the door to trap the scent in or your bedroom. Same thing. So you do want to keep it in a smaller space. Oh, I think that's absolutely fascinating. I've heard I have people- one. I have one in my car too. You clip it to the vents hmm. and then as the air comes out, it, it makes the whole car smell good. And again, if you're driving to work and you're still not awake and the coffee still hasn't kicked in and you have drops of rosemary and lemon in that, pow, you're awake. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. Um, but that's what I'm saying. Just like I said, start with five minutes of stretching. Start with one blend. Pick one for whatever bothers you the most, whether it's not being able to sleep or anxiety or needing to wake up or be inspired. Pick one. And try it. $8. Just try one and see. You don't have to go all in and get 27 like I may have. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. Did I interrupt your flow when I asked about the sense? Was there, uh, have I shorted, taken a shortcut through your, through your topics? You didn't. We can talk about literally anything, but I did have a couple more things that I wanted to say. Good. Because this is it's not just about exercise, which is great for you. It's about helping, shall we say, writer's block or be more productive and focused. And I can't say enough that you should, uh, you should get a massage. Oh, yes. Love that idea. And if you can't, again, I know it's COVID. I have not, well, I'm in physical therapy now, so I get one on the cheating way. But before that, I had not had one in, you know, a year and a half have your partner massage you. The thing is it clears the lymphatic system, which is part of your immune system. I got my COVID booster this week and everyone has different reactions, but it is literally jumpstarting your immune system and your lymphatic system. I felt like I had a bowling ball under my arm because my lymph node swelled so much. So that's, you know, if you're like, Oh, what does it do? Where is it? Literally you can feel this giant thing sitting there as your body is having this reaction to the booster. So the lymphatic system picks up toxins and bacteria. It goes back to the lymph nodes to break it down. So it's a constant pumping and circulation through your body. If it's not pumping, you know how you get it pumping? You move your muscles and moving your muscles. Yes, we're back to exercise. Gets it flowing. (laughs) Massage breaks it all up and gets it out of there, followed by lots of water. So even if it's just that you get your partner to massage your back for five minutes, again, every little bit helps. It's not that it's a treat. It is if you pay for the $150 one with hot stones 
at a place that has a swimming pool and a jacuzzi and a steam room. But again, you can go, you can go smaller. You can do acupressure on your hands and feet yourself, and that will help. There's literally, we're all getting less colds now that we're staying inside and not going anywhere, but there is literally a point on your fingers and toes that you can rub and it will open up your sinuses. I use it every time I have a cold and that you do feel immediately, you feel things opening up and going. You can strengthen your immune system with it. If you get a lot of headaches, this I'm showing you again, I forgot, we're not on video. If you get a lot of headaches, if you open your hand all the way, the webbing between your thumb and your first finger, if you press it tightly for one minute, that will help diminish your headache. If you're feeling queasy, there's spots you can press about three finger lengths up on your wrist that will stop your queasiness. And I used it when I was seasick on a boat once and it worked. Um, acupressure is, it's all about reflexology. And because you can feel some of the points immediately, that helps you believe and want to try it more because each system has a corresponding point on your hands and feet to organs, to different things. So do a hand rub just to wake up all by yourself. Just sit here and rub each finger all the way out from the tip. Be sure to get the middle of your palm. Two minutes on each side, you'll be amazed what a difference it makes just rubbing your hands. And again, that will stimulate your immune system. It will stimulate pretty much everything in you. And that will, again, help your brain and kick in your creativity. So that's how acupressure and massage will be great for you. The thing that isn't exercise that I want to stress, you have writing friends. You need to talk to them. Your idea is not in danger of being stolen. Oh, amen. No matter whether you believe there's three, seven, or nine ideas in the whole world and everything is an offshoot from that, we'll, we'll put it up. Let's say there's only 20. There's only 20 freaking ideas in the world. Everything is a spin on them. If you tell people what you're stuck on, they're not going to go off and, and suddenly get movie rights from it and leave you in the dust. If you tell people what is going on, they will help you. I don't write historical fiction. I have read history. I took AP European history for fun when I was growing up as an elective, but I don't know this. I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but a friend of mine who was writing a historical fiction book was stuck for a week, a week on one plot problem. She researched, she paced, she got no words done because she's like me and writes chronologically. So can't skip ahead a week. She started talking it through it with me when I yelled at her and I said, why have you done nothing in a week? And we solved her plot problem in 10 minutes. Hmm. Is it because I'm so smart? Yes and no. Sometimes <laughs> yes, but not always. Um, it is because bouncing something off of somebody sends your brain shooting in different directions. So I may not have the answer, but the questions I ask you may lead you to find the answer yourself. So talking to your friends and opening up about that, that's just as much an important part of fixing a creative block as anything else. You don't, and you don't have to worry that, oh, well, it'll take half an hour to send them my synopsis and make them read the entire thing. So they have the context. They don't need any of that. Tell them your two minute problem that you're stuck on and actually fix it. Open yourself up to getting help from anywhere you can, because this is a hard job and you don't have to suffer. Get the help. The mental help is just as important as the physical help. And that rolls into the final thing that you're, that 
you know, the listener to this podcast may roll their eyes and say, I don't want to try that just as much as exercise. And that is meditation. And I was right there with you for years and years and years and years and years and years. First of all, the, the kind of tentative way to get into meditation that I can't encourage you enough to try is deep breathing. And literally it's just breathing. Deep breathing invokes relaxation response, just like yoga and meditation. It releases tension and anxiety. It boosts energy and it calms the body and clears the mind and focuses it. You use your abdomen, you fill your body with more oxygen. Where does that go to? The brain. So yes, it improves concentration. It's so utterly useful for you. And it is so simple. The amount of time you spend on it isn't important. Just that you do it twice a day. There's a million different ways to do it. I have a few favorite ones that I like. And what I'm going to bribe you into trying it with is uh, snipers in both the US and the British Army, probably others, but you know they're the ones willing to share. Snipers in the Army use rhythmic breathing, deep breathing, as part of their training to call themselves down enough when they're doing like the, oh, you have to hit that target a mile away as they're sitting there with the gun in their sights, trying to calm their heart rate so that their finger doesn't slip on the trigger. They do this deep breathing. And I'm going to tell you the one that they do. You inhale for five, count at your own pace. When you start this, you're probably going to have to count a little faster. I'm a trained opera singer, so I can hold my breath for a super long time. You shouldn't use me as an example. Find your own pace. You count in for five. You hold it for five. You let it out over a count of 10. And then you hold for five. That's it. Five, five, 10, five. And that's the one the snipers use. You do that 10 times, period. You can do it to wake yourself up at a desk. You can do it if you're nervous because you're in a doctor's office and you don't like needles. You can do it in traffic when somebody just scared you. You can do it before a big presentation. A much easier one is in for four, hold for seven, out for eight. Do that a total of eight times, twice a day. That's it. You can do it. You don't have to stop doing anything else. You can do it while you're watching television. You can do it while you're watching driving. The ratio is what matters because the exhale stimulates the vagus nerve and that's what calms you down. So do it at your own pace. Try it twice a day for a week, any of them. Uh, My husband refused to try it and he's also a trained singer. He's like, it's breathing. I do it all the time. What? And he was super stressed and eventually I wore him down and I made him sit an alarm on his phone so that he would remember to do it only once a day. Cause you know, I'm trying to get him in with baby steps and he did it every day for two weeks and he didn't say anything. And then he stopped doing it. And after three days he said, well, I stopped the breathing and I feel more stressed. And he was all hangdog about it. And, and it's, it, it hit him that, yeah, it was, it was that simple. He did the one that he only did it the once a day. And after two weeks, it made such a huge difference. And it just relieved the entire stress of the day because it resets you and allows you to stop being at, you know, the red alert level of way up at a top at a 10. And it brings you back down into the calm, rational, maybe a five. Yes, everything's burning up around me. The stupid Russians and their gold medalist that was doping got me all worked up. There's maybe war on the horizon. There's a new variant coming out. 
But if you deep breathe twice a day, you will still know all those things and be bothered by those things, but you won't be freaking out of your skin about them. You can calmly and rationally think through them and still get through your day with normal things. It's a game-changing way. And literally, again, with the you don't have to get up from your desk and move, although I highly encourage it, you can do it anywhere, just sitting, just breathe. I do it on the way to every doctor's appointment. It would be a neat thing to do that breathing on your way home from work every day so that when you walked in and saw your family, yes, you, you, were, you had a little more capacity to care about somebody else's day. Yeah, it's a great reset for that. Absolutely. In the 50s, a man would walk in and have his drink in his newspaper and ignore his family for 10 minutes. <laughs> or you could just do this and it's a little bit healthier. And you could do it. You could totally do it in public. You could do it sitting in a staff meeting. You could do it anywhere. Yes. Especially Clever. sitting in a staff meeting where you highly disagree with what's being said, but you can't do anything I, about it. I, do the breathing. It'll calm you right down. Christy, you're a font. You are a font of excellent information. Well, I, I will s- tell you why. It is because I, I did the thing where my body broke down and told me things are not good. And I had to start digging for information myself. I had a, what's it called? My doctor called it a pre-ulcer at like 30. He's like, you're not bad enough for pills, but you need to go out and start yoga and take care of yourself and deal with your stress. And that was literally his prescription. And so I did. And, you know, I was a poor struggling artist. I couldn't afford to go to yoga classes. I went to the library and I got a book on yoga and I started it that way, doing it completely myself in my living room. No teacher, no anything. So the tools are out there and they are free with things like libraries and podcasts and all sorts of things you can download. There are yoga videos on Amazon Prime. So if you're already paying for Prime, just search the ones that are free and you can find those. There's so many options open to you, but don't don't be me. Don't wait until something goes wrong. Catch yourself now and keep yourself healthy. And, and a healthy writer is honestly a better, faster, easier writer. Yes. Bravo! Well done. Absolutely. Okay, I've got a lot of things to put in the show notes. And you've given us a lot of things, a lot of tools to make writing more effective. And that's... I have a few more. I have a few more if you're adding show notes. Um, I belong to a monthly, well, now it's quarterly subscription box called Coach Crate for self-improvement. So I can't take the credit for this, but we've worked through some really amazing books. Uh, One of them is called Burnout to Breakthrough. So you tackle burnout with resilience breakthroughs. How many writers are on the edge of burnout by the time they finish each book? Mm -hmm. So I recommend that one. I recommend Meditation Made Easy. And again, try your library first. I'm not saying you have to go out and buy these. That's the beauty of libraries. Um, Meditation Made Easy. It's not necessarily just sitting there doing nothing. Meditation can literally be, and that's in this book, taking your morning mug of coffee and holding it and feeling the warmth seep into your palms and breathe in the steam and the scent, feel the steam, like opening your pores, feel the scent of the coffee or the tea invigorating you and just sit there and take one minute before you take your first sip to feel and absorb everything with you can about with your senses about that drink. And that counts as meditation, seriously, not making it up. And then the other one, it's really great, Atomic Habits. Right. I've read um, that one. That's a good one. Did you like it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's fantastic. There's another one 
that I'm reading right now that I can't remember. That's also about habits with someone who's huge in the writing community. But the thing is to layer things, you know, if you make it a habit of when you finish a scene that you stretch in your chair, or when you finish a chapter, you do the deep breathing, you layer habits onto things you're already doing. Um, I have an electric toothbrush. Uh, For those of you who don't have them, they go in 30 second spurts for two minutes. And so I do calf raises at my bathroom sink while I'm using my electric toothbrush because it's timed and I know I can get enough done. That's it. That's the exercise because you're already doing something. So layering the habits in helps you remember to do them and it makes them easier. So try to attach as you're doing your writing, attach some of these healthy things to the habits of it. You know, it's something simple as every time you get up to run to the bathroom, do you remember to refill your water bottle? so that you stay healthy and hydrated. So many people don't. Well, you're getting up because you drank the water, go drink more. It, you know, little things like that. Maybe while you're another great stretch, and I wish I could show you, but even on the video, I couldn't. If you go to a doorway, stand in the doorframe and put your arms up as though a robber is trying to hold you up in that position and brace your arms on the doorframe and take a small step forward, you will feel the stretch all the way through your chest. And that's so good after being hunched over writing. So maybe every time you leave the bathroom before you fill your water bottle, you do that stretch in the doorway for a count of 10. I mean, there's so many little things you can layer on top of each other to start having the healthy habits associated with your writing. Love it. Here's my, here's the only one I have that I can add. I write sitting down, but every time I go down a rabbit hole for research, I stand up and take my uh, laptop with me to a shelf where I can do my research standing. That's my only, that's my, that's my layer. Does rabbit, it work? Hole, rabbit holes are standing, writing is sitting. Well, yeah. it probably keeps you from doing it for too long. Well, it helps. It helps. It helps. But when, have, you put your, when you put your laptop on a shelf, is it still ergonomically at the right eye height? Not ergonomically for typing, but it's, oh, that's why I don't write stand. I don't have a standing desk. It's not ergonomic for typing, but it is ergonomic for standing there and clicking, you know, I'll, I'll go, I'll follow this, follow that link. And I can just stand there and look and, you know, move if possible. I have hip flexor issues. If I sit for too long, my, my psoas muscle gets really tight. So I need to remember to stand up frequently. You don't have to remember set a timer. Okay. Okay. Also, also, if anyone hasn't gotten into this, um, the Pomodoro method, where you set a timer and you work for 20 minutes and then you stop and break for five. If you did that, because there's all these apps that do it, when the 20 minute timer goes off, that's when you can stand up and stretch. But it also is great and useful for writing to use the Pomodoro method because it's, it's a focused chunk and it doesn't allow you to wander off and do email and start writing a blog or anything like that. You just sit there and work. All the distractions. Christy, you've been uh, you've been remarkable. I think I think this is going to be one of our our uh, more listened to podcasts because there's so much information here, and I thank you so much for it. I just um, say try one thing. That's all I ask. Try one little tiny change. I think you'll like it. All right. That goes right. for you too. Too being hosts does not get you off. <laughs> <laughs> I like the breathing idea. 
I'm up for that and a massage. Next week, um, Heather Maddox is going to come on and tell us about how to set up your files so you don't accidentally delete your entire work when you're not paying attention. And then you have so much stress that you need some serious essential oils. You're Thank awesome. you so much, Christy. This was fantastic. I enjoyed it tremendously. Excellent. <laughs> Thanks. I'll talk to you next week, Mary. All right. Bye. That's it for the Writer's Block Party this week. We don't want you getting so drunk on knowledge that you can't drive your laptop safely. But next week we'll be here before you know it, so check out the website at thewritersblockpartypodcast.com. One word. That's where you can find our archive of past podcasts and a place where you can get in touch with Mary and Prue or ask questions for the next podcast. Write with joy, friends, and see you next week.